2: It's everyone's favorite day. Happy Ferg Friday. I'm Zach Blockerby, joined by Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you, friend?
0: I'm doing good. It's back. good to be back in the studio. It has been a minute since we've done this. I know.
2: I'm glad. I'm glad. I like this way more than Skype. Yes. I appreciate you being flexible and you know doing different times to help me out and all that. But uh, I, I am so glad you're back in, uh, back in studio. So a lot has happened since we've talked last time yeah. in studio. You've done a great job as... As I think everyone agrees, you've done an outstanding job at The Observer Appreciate it. talking about the scheme and what different hires bring, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite articles you've ever written, I, I read all, pretty much everything you put out, Justin, was, I, I think it was what you sent out Monday about Derek Mason's defensive scheme, and what to look at. I think it was like Derek Mason 101 or something like that, that's yeah, what you called yeah. it. I absolutely loved it. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's worth every penny, auburnobserver.com, Auburn but... The thing that's been fascinating to me about this is one. I don't know if Auburn has the personnel to run a three-four with Derek Mason, but as you pointed out, it's going to be
0: a transition. Totally. Yeah. Um, the yeah.
2: defensive line is is very interesting to me. We'll talk about the defensive line in just a second. Let's talk about the stud position first.
0: <laughs> the stud position, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting spot because you know the Derek Mason defense. I I, made, I wanted to be very clear because when I went and wrote that story. Um, I, I went and tried to find as much Derek Mason like him talking about defense as I could, like coaching clinics, stuff like that. And one of his things is like, he's like, I'm a defensive guy. I'm not a three-four guy, I'm not a four-three guy. I am a defense guy. I like that. You, you put that on the you put it on the board, I'm gonna break it down for you. And so the flexibility and the versatility is very is gonna be very, very key. Right. Um, but this stud position, this outside linebacker, you know, when you look at in the past, at Stanford, at Vanderbilt, and then when you look at Brian Hartson's days at Boise State, they have this defensive end, um, hybrid, outside linebacker position. Not even quite like, you know, Auburn had the buck for forever. Sure. This is stud, stand-up, defensive end, and they also dropped back into coverage a Didn't lot.
2: realize it was an acronym.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, little, a little funny little acronym there.
2: Is buck uh, an acronym?
0: I don't think so. Okay, I think it's just a it's what it's one of those things. But the stud position at Boise State produced some really big name pass rushers over the years for them. Guys that were also versatile. Like mm-hmm. they would their top their top sack guy would you know have several pass deflections and interceptions a year because yeah. they drop them back into coverage. And and at Stanford to Vanderbilt you saw some of that as well with them with just some versatility what they have. Sure, are not necessarily a pass rusher by trade. You're not necessarily just an outside linebacker. you got to be able to do some of everything. And so this is where Auburn and this defensive front, if you want to make the pitch for the for Kev- for the um, for the transition from the Kevin Steele defense to the Derrick Mason defense right. is this. Much like Brian Harson on the offensive side of the ball, be prepared for anything. When, when you come to the line of scrimmage and you look up and there are two or three guys on the defensive front with their hands down, there's linebackers moving around, shifting around right before the snap, the whole point is that guy might be blitzing, that guy might be dropping back into coverage, that guy might be doing this, that guy might be doing that. And so it makes it tougher for, a, for an offense to say, all right, here, here's what they're about to do, or here's the weak, the, the weak point. As great as Kevin Steele's defense is, and it was fantastic, I think it's very similar to kind of like Gus Malzahn's offense. When it works, it was awesome. Sure. It was also kind of very rigid, and you know what was coming. This new thing with Brian Harson and what they're doing moving forward on the offensive side and the defensive side, when you bring in a guy like Derek Mason as well, is the fact that you're not going to have as much natural talent as the Alabamas and the Georges of the world. Right. But you're going to try to get as close as you can, and then you're going to try to overcome those gaps by being able to do some of everything and be less predictable and more consistent on that side of the ball.
2: Yeah, and he was able to do that at Vanderbilt. Um, you know, As far as what he was dealing with and what he was able to put on the field, I think you definitely saw – you know the, the, all of the, you know, the sum was greater than all the parts in that situation. And oh, yeah. You saw it at Stanford as well, and he was a big part of their success when he was there. So, who do you think plays this buck position? All week I've been saying Owen Papo. <laughs> we were talking before we turned the microphones on. You do not agree with me on that, so tell me why. I, so, I just think with
0: a guy like Owen, you know how big of a weapon he is in coverage as well, right? So, like, what kind of linebackers? Well, the thing with Owen Papo is it's so interesting to me is that... He has got, like, size-wise and athleticism-wise, there's some people who think his position at the next level is going to end up being safety or a defensive back of right. some kind. sure. When you look at Derek Mason's defense, it's not necessarily in this spot where it's like, well, you have to play this role or this. They find spots for you. Oren Burks was a good example at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. They just found a spot and let him work. Where it was like, Isaiah Simmons is a great example at Clemson, where it was like, you, you have physically, you do things that m- normal people can't do. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we can move you around in different spots and we don't have to necessarily lock you in and say, Hey, you're a safety, you're a corner, you're an outside linebacker, you're an inside linebacker. And so I, I don't see Owen, Owen being that guy as that top. stuff. now do I see Owen rushing the passer a lot more in this defense? Sure. Do I see Owen doing a lot of different things? Yeah. I just think he's going to be one of those guys where you can just kind of plug him in everywhere. The pass rush, that stud defensive end position, um, and then just the pass rush in general moving forward, I'm curious to see who comes up next because we saw Derek Hall make some strides in that area, and I think he's got the the body of it, but can he do some of the coverage stuff that they're going to ask people to do? Uh, We talked about it before the mics went on. I like Romello Height's upside at, at Auburn a lot. Love Romello Height And I think Romello height would be like he would he's one of those dudes you kinda put in a lab and 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 you come out and he's like, Okay, that that's an edge rusher. Right. That's a modern edge Six, rusher. Six five,
2: long, explosive,
0: just young. And, and 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 they're gonna have to find guys like that. And that's where the transition gets really, really interesting. Whereas a guy like Owen and a guy like Jacoby McClain, um, we we heard that T.D. Moultrie earlier in the week, Jason Caller reported that he's going to come back and move back to linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, Chandler Wooten said he's coming back. Those guys, they're going to be able to mix and match and do a lot of different things at linebacker. So I, I'm i very curious to see who all these roles go down to. But a guy like Owen and a guy like Jacoby, you look at him and just say, hey, buddy, we know you can do everything because you just had to do it right. this past year.
2: You're right. Yeah, and I, I think both of those backers need to be blitzed more. I love it when they're sent. They're, they're it didn't really happen, good. At didn't it. happen as much as I thought it should have last year, but it's hard to argue with what Kevin Steele's able to put over uh, on the field over the past few seasons. Does the buck change or not the buck? Wow, we're gonna have to get over that. Yeah. Um, d- does the, does the, does the stud? Do they change sides of the field often? They move them around,
0: yeah. Like it's not necessarily just, hey, you're going to be on this this spot right it, before is, the snap. It,
2: is it typically towards the field side? Is it typically towards boundary? Is it not related to that at all?
0: It is the the times I've watched it, the, it's usually on the it's usually on the boundary side. But we'll see. Okay, we'll see. They move around. Like I, I think it was in the in the in the story I read on Monday. You go back and watch. Nobody. Honestly, did a better job of defending Texas A&M this year than Vanderbilt did back in week 1 this year. Yeah. You go watch that that tape and you watch them every snap it, it, Vanderbilt is doing something different up front where they're like and right before the snap too. And they did this against Notre Dame in 18 where they come to the line of scrimmage and, and right before the snap it's like okay, now my hands down or now this guy just this guy just went all the way across the formation right yeah. before the snap just to confuse them and try to do stuff like that. So, it's just like I think it's very much kind of like an isolate where you know you can attack. One of the best things I think Ryan Garner and Kevin Steele did when they had Derrick Brown is that if there was a guard that they knew was getting absolutely abused uh-huh. in, in coverage, they wouldn't just put they would be, be afraid to put an edge rusher right over the top of them <laughs> and kick a guy like Derrick Brown to the outside. And the same thing, if a defense tackle is having a hard time holding up strength-wise – all right, let's just put Derek Brown and all 320 pounds of him right over him off the edge and go to work. So I think you're going to get a lot of that kind of uh, mentality into, into the way they want to rush the passer.
2: Today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. The playoffs are here. Obviously uh, a huge weekend for divisional matchups throughout, uh, throughout the National Football League. If there's a matchup you like and you feel pretty confident on, you need to head over to betonline.ag right now. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. And also visit our friends and exclusive betting partner throughout the Locked On Podcast Network on social media. Just search uh, at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus Bet online, your online sports book experts.
1: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero term mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on so find your local dealer today that's kabotaorangedays.com. so talking about
2: you know making folks make decisions and you know having using matchups to manipulate you know really i guess the uh, defensive uh defensive progress here on the defensive front who who are guys that you can move around to create yeah. some of these mismatches?
0: That's a great question because we're coming off of a season at Auburn where we saw Colby Wooden at at one point just like was hard to keep out of the backfield.
2: Right. Now it's like okay, you've got to do something else where you can't really penetrate as much as yeah, you did. it's
0: not yeah. it's not just pin years back and go. It's 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 playing two gap defense where um you're going to be responsible maybe for holding your block a little bit and reacting to where the ball goes, ne- not as necessarily I'm going to just dive right through and, and, yeah. and go get it and, and not to say the kevin Steele defense they did two gap stuff and like it, you can't just be straight up like that we are just a one gap team like right. that, that, that that doesn't work in modern football anymore um yeah it's 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 a question that i really have that they're gonna have to teach these guys how to do a lot of new stuff and they've got the athleticism and they've got the ability it's a size
2: thing to some extent, though, right? There,
0: there's going to be some of that as well, and I think there's going to be some young guys that are young guys that we have not seen yet at Auburn or haven't seen much of yet that are going to have opportunities to say, "Hey, we're creating something new. We're doing something new. You're going to have some opportunities to play early, and like we're going to have to learn and grow with you." You get a guy like Lee Hunter in. Yeah. You know, Jay Hardy was a, was a highly rated guy coming out of high school. There are guys like that that, if they're going to be willing to make this transition and that change. It's going to happen because there's a lot of change coming up front, right? We know Daquan Newkirk's not going to be here anymore. Right? We know Big Cat Bryant's not going to be here anymore. Right. Young guys are going to have to step up. It, 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 at the line of scrimmage, you're about to see a change of what the way Auburn does business up front, and um, it's, going to be some, it's going to create some opportunities for these young guys to learn and build, and there are going to be some growing pains through it.
2: Derek Hall, probably the best pass rusher on the team last mm-hmm. year just because you didn't see some of these linebackers get sent a whole lot on passing situations, right. so... Uh, I think by default, Derek Hall, and, and you know, he had some good numbers, you know, throughout the season. Can he line up as a three-four defensive end?
0: Yeah, that's a great question because I think he's got he's got that frame where if they put more weight, he's got more weight that he can put on him. But he's got
2: so much burst; it's like right. how much do you want to put on there? Well, you, know? you talked
0: about that stud position. That's something that makes a lot of sense as well. For this dude's super athletic. Yeah. Like, people forget that Derek Hall. Not only was a really good you know defensive end prospect coming out of, coming out of high school, he was a all he was an all state or at least all area basketball player. He ran track mm. like he is a he is a unique type of athlete at that right. position. He's not just big man who goes and gets the gets to the quarterback. He's big athlete that they're trying to focus in at, at the quarterback spot. Now you're coming into this new system where instead of playing buck, where you're being like, hey, your job is to pin your ears back and go after the defensive you go after the quarterback as a defensive end. Now you're going to be in a system, I think, that might take a little bit more of an advantage of the fact that he is maybe a little more agile, a little bit more explosive, um, a, a bit better at covering ground, not necessarily just rushing the passer, it, because of his athleticism. Yeah, and so that's that's where I think Hall is is an interest about, much like how how Romello Height makes a lot of sense as well.
2: What about a guy like? Zacharius Walker was brought up on the show earlier this week, so I'm not going to ask you about him. But That's what? Good if, one. Yeah, I mean, just as far as size goes, it kind of makes sense. What about a guy like Dre Butler? We didn't really yeah. see a whole lot of him as much as I thought we would this season. Is that is that a guy? I mean, he's kind of got a good mix of size, presence, and and, yeah. and and all of that. Could you see him?
0: Yeah, these guys that Auburn have gotten over the last few years, where it's like the word on them was they wanted them to be like. Uh, Marlon Davidson, Boy, where it was right. like, hey, he's a four three end who can play inside. Well, now you're coming into a system now where it's like, okay, if you have that versatility, you you could really be that guy on a three four quote unquote front. You know, be that guy who on a uh, pass rushing situations, like a lot of times when they go, you know, on third downs, they would do things where they'd have two down linemen and then two out uh, two stand up outside linebackers mm-hmm. kind of rushing the passer, guys who can kind of hold that as well. Um I think Walker makes a lot of sense there. Drake Butler, these guys that were necessarily like didn't have a oh you're a defensive tackle you're a nose you're a you know a, a traditional defensive end that versatility I think is going to help them because that's what they're going to want out of this defensive line right moving forward. The, the nose tackle if they have a traditional nose you know three, four ta- three, four tackle who that guy is is going to be very fascinating to watch. I don't
2: be- I don't know who it is.
0: Exactly. Like that might be a situation. They need where
2: to clone JJ Peggy's and teach him how to play defensive line. <laughs> that
0: might be a situation where they go into the transfer market. Yeah. Or they go into a situation where they get one of these bigger dudes on the defensive front and like bulk him up even more and try to teach him teach him teach him these things.
2: That's Lee Hunter couldn't do that right away, right? I, I would
0: like and I don't know if you want him to, because Lee Hunter's so he's so freaking explosive. Yeah, he moves so well. He moves really, really well. And he gets into the backfield really well. That I don't necessarily say, "Hey, buddy, you just got to have to, you know, and it, you just have to be our, our, you know." Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who, who's a who's a three-four nose tackle in the NFL. Like you don't want him to be like Vince Wilfork. Like you right. don't want him to just be like, "Hey, well, you're here to just be big and take sure. up take up space." Yeah. Um, so. Does Auburn go for a guy like that? Like who who becomes mm-hmm. that kind of di- that kind of dude? Because they have so many of these big ends and athletic tackles that I think they can work in this system. But this is going to be a matter of like who's going to be that fulcrum, that centerpiece if they do a lot of that like traditional three four. Yeah, it,
2: it is interesting how many guys. It's like the same player, like very yeah. similar players, because it's like they were chasing that Marlon Davidson, you know, two point oh,
0: and like Derek as well. Like Derek had the athleticism. Yeah to play on the end at times. And no matter what people at Pro Football Focus said, the dude could rush the passer. Correct. And uh, I think he proved that in his rookie season that he could do it.
2: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. As far as what the defensive backfield does in Derek Mason's system, and it looks like Auburn's going to have a lot of returning guys in the defensive backfield. You lose Tut, but I think Ladarius Tennyson's going to be fine in that role.
0: Mm-hmm. you got a lot of depth of that nickel spot.
2: Yeah, and so how does how does that look? And at, at the time of us recording this, we don't know if Jamie and Sherwood's coming back or not. Yeah. I feel like he's going to if he's waited this long.
0: Yeah, it's a he's a, he's such an interesting case because I'd have thought that we would have had a heard a decision by now yeah. with him.
2: and we probably will get done recording this and it'll drop. Who knows? <laughs> but but that's uh, <laughs> how so it usually uh, works. Yeah, assuming he's coming back, just big picture for the defensive yep. backfield is it going to be a whole lot of different scheme there? Still man on the outside, right?
0: So man on the outside. They like to change it up, and you know it, you will see a decent amount of zone as well. Um, again it's versatility it's it's be yeah. prepared for anything Um. Derek Mason's background is in the defensive backfield right um, you look at if you want to see his M.O. in the secondary he loves big defensive backs who can run and hit like linebackers mm-hmm. he, they are so crucial to what they do in terms of run support but also he just wants you to be big and physical and hit people yeah. um, you look at his track record at he got he had Joe Juan Williams at at uh, at, um, at Vanderbilt who was a gigantic corner. He's a six four corner. He's a six four corner. Where's thirty three in the NFL? Kind of weird. Um, of course, his biggest protege that people know about is Richard Sherman. Right. I mean, he likes these big cornerbacks that are going to get physical. Um, so I think a guy like Roger McCreary that's a great sign for him. Smoke Monday. So here's my thing with Smoke Monday heading into this into this season. I think Derek Mason could be the best thing for Smoke Monday because the thing with Smoke Monday, if you watch him on film, the dude plays really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got a lot of talent. He has some consistency issues, and he has some big plays go over his head, and I think the big thing is eyes. And Derek Mason preaches eye discipline because at Stanford and Vanderbilt, it's like – He knew that these guys were not as athletic as the team they were playing. But it's like, hey, if we're fundamentally sound and we're in our right spot, we're going to make more plays than that. We know Smoke Monday has all the talent in the world sure. athletically. It's just can he become a more consistent defensive back? Can he become a more consistent safety? Can he get his eyes in the right spot? Can he be where he needs to be more often than not?
2: He'll, and he'll tighten up at times.
0: Yeah, and it's it, like, it,
2: what? Where did your hip
0: mobility go, man? Like, it, it's he's the he is going to be. I think he's going to be really, really good for a guy like Smoke. And and that's the thing. That's the big thing about this 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 Derek Mason hire that is really really interesting to me. Because for the first time in his career, he's going to have top fifteen, a top fifteen roster Mm -hmm. to work with in terms of talent, and it's like we know what you did and can see what you did with the bottom of the barrel when it came to power five talent at Vanderbilt, and then at Stanford, where guys, you just have like it's hard to get in Stanford, and like you have to like make the most of your situation. If you do that, what like. If you did that at those places, what are you going to do with a a guy like Smoke Monday? What are you going to do with a guy like Roger McCreary? What are you going to do with a guy like Ladarius Tennyson? Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to bring in that attitude of run hard, hit hard. But on top of that, I think he's going to be able to make those guys just better, well-rounded NFL caliber defensive backs because he did this with honestly, some guys that no one would have ever expected to be draft picks in his last couple stops.
2: You're right. Yeah, and I said it earlier in the week. I think the guy that benefits the most from the hire of Derek Mason is Smoke Monday. So I I, I agree with you.
1: 100%.
2: You're listening to Locked On Auburn.
1: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com. Justin Ferguson, give us the lowdown
2: of what folks uh what folks are seeing if they subscribe to the Auburn Observer right now. A lot
0: of basketball at the moment. Uh uh Auburn hoops uh Sharif Cooper's pretty good. I don't know if y'all... Have, I don't know. Holy
2: cow. That was so fun. Oh, he's... Wednesday it, night. Like, the step from Saturday to Wednesday was crazy.
0: Yes. And I want to and and I, I want to point something out. I want to point something out real quick. Auburn has scored 185 points over the last two games. <laughs> okay? They've hit... They've hit... Like, uh, I believe it's like they've hit 10 three-pointers uh-huh. during that stretch. And they've turned the ball over 41 times. And they have scored... Wow. That many points. Yeah? They have scored... 185
2: points, and and he's still not shooting that efficiently. He
0: hasn't scored efficiently, (laughs) and he's never played with Justin Powell in a competitive game yet. Mm -hmm. And Justin Powell is you
2: know, you gotta think he's gonna play tomorrow.
0: I, I would I would think so. Well, yeah. we'll see. Right. So there's a lot of Auburn basketball stuff going on at the website. A lot of observations we're talking about it a lot on the podcast these days as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Derek Mason story other week uh, Wednesday I wrote a story on how Tank Bigsby might be the most valuable player. That was in 20, an interesting one too. 2021 for Auburn because that track record for with uh, with Brian Harson and and Mike Bobo is if you're a really good running back they're going to feed you the ball. And yeah. so uh, big big for Auburn to keep. Uh, to keep tank around, and I think it's going to be the building block for the future. This whole this whole offense. Right?
2: Yeah, you whipping out some analytics comparing him to, like the gap between him and Carryon Johnson was bigger than like the gap between Carryon Johnson and like and the everybody next, else. Like that is crazy. Yeah,
0: in terms of and yeah, in terms of PPA, in terms of like how much he added value he brought to to the Auburn offense last season. Uh, he's special, and like and it was the trivia question out earlier in the week. Auburn had not had a running back since nineteen ninety three since James Bostick. Yeah. Since to lead a team and lead the team in carries and have over six yards of carry. Like that he's rare. It's and rare. he was doing it behind an offensive line that everybody knows was not up to mm-hmm. normal standards this season, was very inexperienced. So it's gonna be a big, big, big time for him. But yeah, a lot of that stuff, a lot of basketball stuff, uh podcasts. Twice a week, stories pretty much every day. Right, right in your inbox.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's perfect. Like if you want the super nerdy stuff, mm-hmm. there's stuff for you. And if That's you just what want for. The, the recap and just kind of the big overview of like why this worked, you got that too. So auburnobserver.com worth every single penny. Um, all right, so we got a few minutes left. Wh- what do you think? Just big picture of this coaching staff so far.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a really good mix that Brian Harse has put into the- put in here of guys that he knows. Guys that he trusts, guys that know the SEC, guys that know Auburn, guys, but ultimately fit that big picture scheme of what they're going to try to do at at Auburn. And it's what I said earlier. Brian Harson, the pitch for Brian Harson at Auburn wasn't, hey, we're coming in and we're going to try to out recruit Alabama and Georgia and we're going to try to do this and this or we're going to have the hottest offense in the world. And we're going to, the pitch is, hey, Auburn has the potential to be much better if they can just be a more consistent football team. And what we're going to do to be ready for the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world is get you prepared for anything yeah. uh, on offense and defense. I think Bobo and Mason, as their coordinators, that that's their MO. And so they fit into that that scheme. And then in, he's surrounding himself right now with guys that not only know the SEC, but also know Auburn and know – what it takes to recruit here, what it takes to win at a high level here, and on top of that, and I know some Auburn fans will be like, "Hey, why is he doing that?" There's a couple. There's a couple. He brought in a couple of his own guys. Yeah, and, and it's just like it's 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 that trust. You don't want to lean too hard into anything. You hired him because he's successful, so you want him to bring some of his guys over. But you also know that he's stepping into a completely new situation. I think the balance is fantastic on, on this staff, and we'll see how it works and if this big picture scheme was worth making the move. Um, but I think, you know, if you're looking for steadiness and even, you know, kind of an even keel, uh, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to argue with, with, with who they've
2: hired so far. Two things, neither of them serious. Jeff Schmetting, mm-hmm. fun name. Schmetting, are you kidding w- wonderful me? Wonderful name. Other thing, the Brad Lorando guy, Lorado guy. Mm-hmm. Um, does he look like a mob boss? Yes or no?
0: He looks like he he looks like he can take care of business, man. Yeah. He, be, Did you yeah.
2: see the thing we posted? Uh, we we had a guest this week. Charlie Five came on and was like, "He looks like he can crush a chicken parm and then like drive your head through a drywall."
0: <laughs> He's one of those guys that was like, ooh, "You." Ooh, and I saw him and I was like, "That's a guy you're going to want to make sure in my position you want to get on his good side." <laughs> yeah. Not only just because it make your life easier, but like also like he, he looks he, like he, he could injure. He could he could take care of business. Like, yeah. but that's he he also kind of. You know, And a lot of his hires, Hartson's hires so far, has been like, this dude is all business, man. This is a different— dude,
2: every single one of them are like that.
0: Yeah. They're it's, all
2: like that. Where It's like they just want to talk football, they want to coach and get guys, and that's it.
0: And, and and so I've made the point that this is the first time Auburn maybe has ever had a guy like that. And, and I'm not saying that this is the right way or the wrong way. I think people's personalities and different guys can succeed. This is a sport where Dabo Swinney and Nick Saban can both win national championships. Sure. My thing about it is though, is at Auburn for so long, their style and their head coaches, and you can go back all the way to the dawn of time, these folksy kind of SEC Southern kind Ooh. of coaches in this, in this environment, now you're bringing a dude in who, I mean, you're an NFL guy, Zach. He has a lot of NFL kind of vibe to him, even for right. a dude who has never coached there. But it's just very much all business. Like this is, this is what we're doing, what we're going to be about.
2: What do you think about some of the titles, like the chief of staff thing, or like the the running game coordinator? We haven't really seen that other no. Gus. I like it so far.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting because that the running game coordinator, passing game coordinator, and all that. I think it's just it shows kind of like a has
2: a passing game coordinator been named?
0: Uh, no, I don't think uh, I don't think so. And I would imagine that if they get a wide receivers coach, that would be your passing game coordinator. Fair enough, or, yeah. You know, or I. Yeah, I guess that would be the the way the way about it. But then on the defensive side as well, you have a run game coordinator on defense. The fact you're splitting outside linebackers and inside linebackers, it's like this is a different way of going about your the, business.
2: The structure is so different, and like you heard all these reports come out about like how disorganized things were, and like I don't know how dramatic that was or yeah. not. I have no. We'll never know, but it just it seems like a totally different way mm-hmm. of doing things. It is a totally
0: different way of doing things, and that's the thing. Is like. Is it going to work? I don't. They, well, we won't know. We won't know for years if this if this was the move that needed to be. Look, right. Al, look what Alabama did this season, right? That's what you're going up against. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, you could have stuck to what you have been doing, and you probably are going to end up getting the same kind of results in the long run, right? Or you could have gone with a Sark or a Lane Kiffin or something like that, and it might have been more exciting. But like, here's what you're going up against. So now, now Auburn's counterpoint to it is is that instead of being the chaotic, you know, upset-minded machine that you want to be at at, at Auburn, and now it's more going to be like, we've got to be all business, consistency right. moving forward. It's a different way of going about it. And I think talking to some people who've been around for a while for, for Auburn, they're getting the vibe that this is kind of similar – to when Auburn brought Pat Dye in in the mm-hmm. 80s. and just a new way of going about things, a new way, a new attitude, a new style of, of things, and we know what that did for Auburn moving forward. Let's see if this new style is going to be the thing that steps Auburn into maybe a new era where they're, they're a much more competitive team more consistently.
2: My biggest concern is going to be impatience by the fan base yep. and the administration. Yep. yep, I have every bit of faith and what Harson's vision is and the coaching staff and you know just the personality and the culture that is going to take time to form and it's going to take a few years for him it's to able to. Yeah. But you know he talked about it with you know a video that that uh, Auburn Athletics put up when when he and Andy Burcham sat down talking about he quoted his father saying um you can either uh, you can either get it done quickly or you can mm-hmm. get it done right. Mm-hmm. And um it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a slow cooker type thing, yeah. and, and I think if we can wait as a fan base, and as the administration, like I don't think I don't think Auburn's gonna field a great team next year. That is Mm-mm. my way too early prediction. There, okay. I, I I don't think I think if they went eight and four next year, that'd be a win. Oh uh, yeah, oh, obviously yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. I'm um, I, I hope I hope they don't you know go eight and four and they lose the Iron Bowl by a lot. And like you go into the offseason, like Why well, did we, we fired Gus, who you know Gus does that. I I hope that's not the the, the yep. feeling moving yep. forward. I got it. I, I I think it's gonna be. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong.
0: I that's the thing is like I think Auburn fans need to be patient because when you look at the way Harson does things, the way Derek Mason does on defense, mm-hmm. the way this roster is going through an overhaul, the, there's gonna be some growing pains here. But again, I don't want to I don't want Auburn fans to feel. Despair, because of course your team has been the only team that has been able to beat Alabama multiple times during this stretch, and you did it with you did it with a coach you just got rid of. Um, I think you look at what happened on Monday night in the national title game. I think you look at the recruiting rankings moving forward, and know this: it's going to be rough trying to go up against Alabama for the consider for 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 the foreseeable future. So, are you going to prepare yourself? And are you going to get better as an overall program as as a health wise yeah. so that whenever Alabama does take that step back, or whenever Alabama when Nick Saban's no longer coaching there, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be prepared? Or are you going to be like, oh crap, well now, now, now it's our chance. Right. I think the pitch now for Harson is like you're getting prepared for that moment. And um, it might not wins and losses, which is the lifeblood of college football. It might not translate immediately, but long-term, I think it could be the it could be the way to go.
2: Ferg, where can people find all of your
0: stuff? Once again, give us the rundown. AuburnObserver.com. $6 a month or $60 a year. Gets you a subscription to everything we do. Um, stories pretty much every day into yep. your email inbox and a premium podcast episode. We also do a free podcast on Sundays uh, anywhere you listen to those. Uh, Auburn Observer uh, there. And I'm on Twitter at JFergusonAU.
2: Awesome, man. I'm on Twitter at ZBlack. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll recap the weekend on Monday right here on Locked On Auburn.
0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: The NCAA tournament is almost here.